Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. WGR Sports Radio 550 presents Sports Talk Saturday. Did I set a record for how badly a take of mine is already reversed? It happened pretty quick. It's already done. On WGR. I don't know what's happening. Sports Radio 550. I don't know what's happening. I never know what's happening. Derek Kramer here. Frank Arcuri. Welcome into Hour 2 of Sports Talk Saturday here on WGR. But... Here's the beautiful thing about not knowing what's happening. You talk to others that do know what's happening. You talk to others that might be more in the know about the things that you don't know, which is everything. And that is why we can go to the West Her Hotline and we can talk to wonderful people like a Bleacher Report contributor and Maintenance Day podcast host and writer with Noted Hockey, the noted jerk himself, Joe Yurden, joining us now on the West Her Hotline. Joe, it's been a bit. How are you, my friend? Well, Derek, this is, uh, yeah, it has been. It's been a hot minute or two, I guess. Uh, but there hasn't been any hockey, so it's, you know. It's fine. It's fine. Plus, I know you're away for a little bit, but you're back. We like that. I, we I do like that. I don't know how you guys do. I appreciate it, but uh, but but thank you nonetheless. Joe, you had mentioned that hockey hasn't been around for a little while, and it's been kind of quiet on the Sabres front especially because we were looking at this offseason as like potentially like one that could be of seismic consequence for roster construction, but Kevin Adams has kind of stayed patient and steady as it goes. Yeah, it's, um, I, I don't know how seismic we were looking, but we were thinking like there was going to be changes. It was hard to think that there wasn't going to be a couple of noticeable ones anyways. Uh, you know, we knew the defense needed to work. We knew that, you know, maybe goaltending was going to see some see some changes made there. Maybe some, you know, maybe bring in a new forward, you know, whatever whatever the case was. Uh, didn't really happen, though. Didn't like, I mean, we're, we're kind of sitting here with, you know, two – Two new defensemen and the same goalies and basically the same forward layout. So, yeah, I I mean, listen, I look at it this way. They were close last year. I mean, pretty stunningly, surprisingly, almost making the playoffs close. So I, I get one wanted to kind of run it back, but with a little couple extra tweaks. So I get it. But, yeah, not it's kind of weird to be sitting here, you know. Well, I mean, we were sitting here in July still looking at this after free agency ended and going like, yeah, it's the lineup. I think we pretty much got it nailed down. And of course, uh, Joe. With that being said, like it's almost a case of if it's not broke, don't fix it. Except there were some things that were very broken about this team, and they've made some minor changes, at least on the defensive side of things. But obviously, the biggest question being goaltending, and it's more or less becoming how much faith should fans have in Devin Levi, and how much the front office is already seemingly believing in him, as they made no moves in net. Yeah, it's going to be, I think we've said this about Kevin Adams maybe the last couple of years where, you know, if goaltending doesn't hold up, boy, he's going to have some questions to answer. Uh, I know we said that after last season, but, uh, you know, they were so close and everything was just kind of like, oh man, like they're so much better. Like they'll get it, they'll get it fixed for next season. 
Well, we're at next season now, and it's it's going to be something that's going to be a topic unless Devin Levi or Uko Pekalukinen or Eric Comrie all decide to make it not a question and all play spectacularly in goal. Um, it's going to be something to be watched all season, and, and it's going to be. I, just surely alone on Devin Levi's presence by himself because he's so athletic, he's so fast, he's such a – He's such a fascinating goalie to watch play. You know, so few goalies are fun to watch. He's one of them. And so people are going to be locked in on, on keeping an eye on him to see how he does, see how he handles this first season in the NHL and where, you know, where his career can go from there, because he's, he's going to be, he's going to be in the spotlight, whether he wanted it or not. I think he wants it. I'm pretty sure he wants it. He, he seems to have that kind of personality where he's like, bring, bring whatever you got on. I'm ready for it which is really cool to see, especially for goalies. But, you know, from, from everything, from, you know, the way he plays goal, you know, the, 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 the Jedi meditation during TV timeouts, every, you know, everything about him is really interesting and fun. Uh, but you got to get the job done, too. So it's going to be very curious to see how a full season goes for him. And, I mean, you know, it's not like they're going to play him for 70 games. They're just not. Um, and it's going to be on. It's going to be on guys like Lukanen and Comrie to, to, to kind of push him and and make him earn those starts, quote unquote. But um, goaltending is going to be a thing. It's it's going to be a thing, and hopefully, it's not as much of a thing as as we're all. It's it's shaping up to be right now. You know, it's talking about Levi. It's it's a, you know the team obviously believes in him so much, and it's mm-hmm. it's almost it's terrifying in a way too with this belief for him you know in B- Levi believing in himself and the team because you know if something ha- if something happens whether it's an injury or um you know poor play how does the team how does the team in terms of not just like the roster but like the front office and the coaching staff respond to it and then how does Levi respond to it so mm-hmm. far in all the challenges Levi has been up for and he's responded quite well but he hasn't had much negative uh challenges he's had to face so far in the so far in his brief uh pro career so you you do kind of feel a little terrified that if he doesn't react well to it this team is in deep deep trouble in nets and i mean it it's it's also obvious that they believe in uh Lucan and, and Comrie a lot as well mm-hmm. i mean if we were Joe, if we remember uh when they signed Comrie last a uh, couple summers ago remember there there was that whole uh, embedded series that they do on YouTube that it kind of showed a little behind the scenes and how much uh, you know the team the team and their analytical staff was kind of looking at Comrie and thinking you know these this is the kind of guy who come who once you give him the opportunity to start he takes it so yeah. it almost kind of feels like they I wonder I would say I think they were looking at upgrading in net but I think they were going off the mindset even probably as late as you know when the season ended that they were going to run with Levi Lukanen and Comrie essentially yeah it's I mean I look at how I mean you look at how last season ended they ran with they ran Levi every game <laughs> yeah. you know they, they basically said okay you other guys have given us 70 games to look at you to see what you can do and even though even though Comrie and Lukanen their last their last starts before Levi came in, were pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's easy to forget that you know in the meantime because things weren't you know so hot at the moment. But their last starts were pretty strong starts, um, 
And I, you know, to me, I look at that as like, oh, you know, like, oh crap, the, the, the kids come and we better, we better show that, you know, this is our job, but you know, you know, Levi came in and was great immediately. So it was like, okay, well, this gives us our best chance to win. I, I, I look at the, the things that have stood out to me this summer is how, uh, how Adams has gone, has made sure to let us know that, that he believes in Luke and, you know, he invited him over to his house before, before Luke and headed back to Finland for the summer, watch the playoffs, you know, to, to have like that, like, have that you know that that sit down of saying like hey we believe in you we got you like you know it's you know but we're, we're gonna need you we're gonna need you we're gonna need you to push Devin the whole thing we you know we want you to try to take the you know take the job if you can like whatever whatever it means to mm-hmm. to, to, to play better do that like that so the fact that they they show that they believe in them that much is is pretty impressive yeah it's... obviously they felt that way about Comrie when they signed him last summer because uh, that looked like a buy low, have cash in high opportunity, but injuries kind of, kind of screwed that up for him. But, um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of unknown territory for for this group right now because because nobody's really taken a goalie like Levi and said, okay, we're going, we're gunning for the playoffs. You're our guy, and you know we know you've only got seven, eight games of NHL, you know NHL you know, NHL games in your, in your back pocket. It's your time, man. Run with it. Like nobody, nobody really pushes a goalie out that quickly, that fast um, without there being like a historic playoff run thrown into the middle of it. And, you know, that, you know, at the beginning of it. So it's going to be fascinating to see how it plays out for as far as regular season goes, because there's going to be ups and downs. Uh, you know, we saw a little bit of that last season, like the game of Detroit, as crazy as that game was, out in Detroit, he still comes away with the win and still made some absolutely bonkers saves to preserve it for him and won it in a shootout. But it's still one of these things where, like, there's going to be those games where people are going to be like, I don't know, I don't know, this, this looks a little sketchy. But um, but there's going to be plenty of those games where it's like, boy, we wouldn't have won that without him. Joe Yurden joining us on the West Her Hotline. Joe, I with more on this Levi and, and the fascination of how he is really being set up here, uh, I know that everyone has seen it, the uh, the prospect rankings by Corey Pronman that shoved Devin Levi so far down there and enraged the entire city. Yeah, right. <laughs> but I will say this, though. it is You mentioned the fact that the Sabres are really trying to set him up in a different way that hasn't included a playoff run or anything like that and showing the faith that they have in him while mm-hmm. also showing a lot of faith in the young core that they have. The only real options they added defensively Connor Clifton Eric Johnson as a veteran presence do you really see anything um anything else shuffling wise because like they traded Ilya Labushkin the defense looks like it's set up as well how do you think that top six really forms on the uh, blue line there the the defense setup is going to be is going to be really interesting because I remember asking Granado after you know after they had signed Clifton they after they signed Johnson you know how many? You know what, what, how many? How many defense pairs has he written down on on paper to kind of go through to say you know to to get an idea of what he's working with? And he's, he's just, his answer was countless. And I, to me, it's gonna be it's gonna be really curious to see how things break down that first week of preseason games because they've got to play like what five games in a week. So there's you're we're gonna see a thousand we're gonna see a thousand permutations of of everything maybe. Um, but I think the defense is where we're going to see some some different looks there because 
part of me, and this is based on some of what Granado said, and this is you know maybe you know me reading between the lines here, but I think he might want to get a look at Samuelson with his own pair. You know, find somebody to play next to Dolly and find somebody for power. And then, you know, Samuelson with somebody else, whether, you know, whether it's you know, Johnson, Clifton, whatever, whatever the deal is, find, find something where you can have all three pairs really anchored strongly. And, you know, obviously power and Darlene are going to play the bulk of the minutes and you don't want to lose Samuelson for, you know, for a ton of minutes, but maybe also you don't want to play him 24 minutes a game as well next to Darlene. You know, maybe that's, that's part of the look, but we, you know, we might see some combos that we haven't seen in a couple of years, you know, maybe we see Darlene back with Yoki Haru again and people start screaming and, um, and then I'll, I'll casually point at that, at their advanced numbers from last season, whenever they played together last year, they played pretty well. So everybody steal yourself for that, for, for that look. But, um, but you know, you will see power with Johnson, I think for, for at least a little bit, we'll see power with Clifton. We'll see, we'll see all these setups. We'll see Bryson with people. We'll see, you know, there's too many guys, <laughs> There's too many guys to not get a look at everything and see what you've got going for you. Because, you, I mean, you've got, what, nine NHL-capable defensemen to sort through, and you've got six spots. So it's tough. It's going to be tough. I mean, it got a little easier trading Labushkin, but you've still got a lot of guys who are NHL-quality defensemen. And, that, you know, that includes Kale Clegg into that as well because you showed last season that he can, that he can play. Um, you know, the consistency was lacking, but, like, you know, but there were those games where it's like, boy, this guy's earned it. He's earned his time. But, um, but for how they set things up, the, getting the the, the five on five pairs right is is a big deal. But the additions of Clifton and Johnson to make that to make the penalty kill better are going to make ho- are hopefully going to make a big difference because the penalty kill could make an argument. Penalty kill kind of sunk them last year because it was just they just did not have a very good very good kill whatsoever and those two guys were kill stalwarts with colorado and for, and for boston so we'll see what they can do some of that system some of that is coaching whatever it is but um but having better better guys out there to kind of manage things that'll help out a lot too joe obviously with the sabers basically coming up around the uh, corner here with the prospects challenge you mentioned preseason and the prospects challenge we're going to be seeing some young faces in the crowd mm-hmm. that People are going to be very excited about, obviously, Benson being the first-round pick this year, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. and they have plenty of other players. Kulik, who was just a stud in Rochester. Yep. There's going to be plenty of young players for them to uh, to flock around. Uh, who are some of the uh, guys that you're watching as the Prospects Challenge and the preseason are around the corner? Well, I'm, I, I, there's going to be a lot of competition because I think there's, there's a forward spot to be, to be grabbed for. Uh, with Quinn, you know, Quinn's going to be out till December, maybe January with the Achilles uh, problem. So there's a spot open for somebody to make a run at. I think you could have argued that even without Quinn, if Quinn hadn't gotten hurt, there was a spot to be to be gunned for with, you know, with people grumpy about Olofsson. Um, but you're going to have Olofsson, you know, Olofsson's competing for his job too. Uh, but you're going to have a competition there with Kulik with Savoy. I think I think Savoy is going to be a real interesting one to watch because he got a little taste of the AHL playoffs last year after, you know, playing a monster WHL season. And, you know, it comes comes back from the WHL playoffs and like here face Hershey where it's a bunch of old guys, old guys who know all the tricks and tricks and moves and good luck to you, buddy. Uh, you know, like that's that was that was a tougher int- introduction for somebody just, you know, jumping back and in, jumping into the fray, but um, I'm going to be very curious to see how those guys work out. 
Isak Rosean as well, because I was I, I came away pretty impressed with how Rosean handled himself all during the AHL playoffs. He had a very solid season for Roch. I mean, considering he was what 19 years old, um, you know, is not a big guy, but like he took guys were gunning for him to try to run him through the boards, which, you know, you see a smaller guy, you kind of want to do that when you're a bigger guy, but he was taking hits and he was coming right back and getting right back into it. So there's, he's a, he's a competitor, man. Like he's got some guts to him. So I'm very curious to see how those guys do. Obviously I think Kulik's got the inside line uh, just because of everything that he did last year, what he did throughout the season to, you know, to learn, to grow, to get better. You know, it was very Olofsson-like uh, in that way. I mean, he's got the shot, so, I mean, the comparisons are easy to make there. But he got a lot better uh, five-on-five-wise and, you know, getting a little bit smarter with the defensive game, too. So, the, to me, that forward competition is going to be really fun to watch because a lot of high talent. The Sabres, you know, if the guy's good enough, they'll bring him up. If they, you know, if he's good enough to play and he's ready to go, they'll bring him up. They don't have any qualms about that. But they also – don't feel bad if a guy's got to go back to Roch and get some extra games. That They do not blink at that. There's Nothing's really set in stone there. I mean, it's cliche to say that there's no, you know, no positions are set in stone when you get into camp. But, like, I mean, listen, we, we know Thompson, Thompson, Tuck, and Skinner's your top line. <laughs> we, we know how that goes. You know, Dylan Cousins is your number two center probably unless they get, get a little funky with, with, you know, where he plays. But um, you have your guys that are set. But with these young guys, it's up to them. And if they come, you know, if they show in camp that they can grab it, they can run with it. They're they're going to get that opportunity, and they're going to get a lot of looks because, like I said, that that first week, there's a ton of ice time to be had for for everybody through camp um, that wants to try to earn a job at the NHL level. So they're going to get their looks. That I know that second week where there's only a couple of preseason games, those are your warm ups for the regular season. But that first week with camp opening, and then you've got a ton of games all week. That's going to be a lot of fun to watch. It's going to be really busy. It's going to be a little hectic, but it's going to be a lot of fun to watch to see how things break down. You know, Joe, um, it, you, talking about a lot of the uh, forward prospects, there's another forward that I'm very much interested in seeing. One, where they put him in the lineup, and two, does he continue to take that step forward that we saw last season? That's Casey Middlestad. I'm very mm. curious to see if he maybe establishes himself as the as the third line center for this team, or with or maybe even with Quinn out. Do they start him on the second line potentially with cousin with Cousins and even uh, Paterka up there? Yeah, Casey. Uh, I'm really proud of the work Casey's done because I mean he's gotten dogged constantly here for you know. You know, not living, you know, having the hype of being a top 10 pick and, and everything that went into that. And, mm-hmm. you know, he's got those attachments to the, you know, the previous regimes where people are like, I don't know if this guy's got it. Well, he showed last season he could do it. And he showed last season he could do it at center. He could do it at wing. To me, that, that having that ability to, to go from one to the other without really losing a lot, uh, you know, skill wise and play wise, where he can play either makes him a hugely valuable guy for this team because anywhere in that middle six, and even if he's got to jump into the top, on the top line, you know, to like pinch hit for, you know, if somebody's got, you know, get maintenance or if they, you know, guys, you know, gets, gets banged up a little bit or whatever the case, he can show he can go and he can play and he can get things done. And he's done so well to improve himself, to become a, a steadier player. I mean, that was a monster year from him last year. I mean, that was what 50, 60 points last season. And it was kind of out of the blue, in a degree, you know, in a way, but, you know, he 
you know, the year before he was so banged up, he had the, you know, had all kinds of injuries bothering him and it looked like he was ready to break out that year. But the fact that he was able to do it this past season, and now it's like, okay, we got another guy here. Uh, very curious to see where, where it plays out for him, because I think that versatility is going to allow him to play anywhere in the lineup. And it's get you know, this isn't a team that's set up like the kind of video game wise where it's, you know, you got your three scoring lines and a, and a, you know, beat them up line. They want all four lines to be able to roll and score. I, I know it's a little tougher with Zemgis and Opozo, but like the, those guys can get things done too. But um, if you're playing in that in the in any of those first three lines, they want you to score and they want you to be able to score. You got to be able to d up too. But like if you if you can score, you're going to play. I mean, we've seen already seen a couple of guys that were able to play, but they couldn't really score, not really stick around. But with Middlestat, man, it's it's a big deal that he can score now that he can set guys up and that he's got a lot of confidence in his game to go. So yeah, how, how he set, how things get set up with him is going to be a lot of, a lot of fun to see where he slots in. Joe, of course, uh, with everything going on with the Sabres, there's plenty of names that we haven't even mentioned. I'm interested like this preseason with Ryan Johnson mm-hmm. and seeing if he can make the roster as an outside potential pl- candidate. And, you know, there's a lot of players that are really fascinating throughout this, but we only have so much time, and I need you to sound the alarm to help turn Buffalo Honolulu blue on Thursday night. (laughs) Listen, uh, (laughs) Pat Moran's been gassing me up all year about how the Lions are good, you know, they're going to win the Central, and I'm like, buddy, listen, this has been too long. It's been far too long for me to get hype about a team where... You know, I, I would say so. He said the Central. Uh, it's, it, <laughs> well, that's that's me. I mean, Pat might say that too. But, <laughs> but like that, but I mean, you know, listen, uh, he's, he's like, the Packers are going to be bad. You know, Jordan Love ain't got it. Minnesota, blah, blah, blah. The whole, I'm just like, listen, man. All I know is that Detroit is playing the freaking Chiefs week one, and I'm going to need everybody in Buffalo to be on, be on board with their Rust Belt brethren because... Uh, they're going to need any as much help as possible. You know, you, any team that's put into that spot for the uh, where you're playing the Super Bowl champ from the year before, it's either meant to be marquee or beat down. In my mind, this is meant to be a Chiefs beat down game. I mean, games in Kansas City, so like whatever. But listen, if everybody here isn't pulling for the Lions in that game, I don't know what I don't know what to tell you guys because yeah, because you're all dead to me because that's. <laughs> <laughs> because, what else are you doing here, man? Like this is this is like your this is one of your big boogeymen for the Bills. So like you gotta you gotta be on you gotta be on point for this one. I need I need everybody turning out digging up a Barry Sanders jersey someplace. Listen, I'll loan somebody one if they need it. Like that's that's fine. I got it. I'll take you up on that. I picked the Lions to win the division when we did our picks earlier. Oh boy, I, I'm so sorry for you because uh, no no I'm sorry like... for you. There's no expert <laughs> jinxer like Derek Kramer. No, 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 there's there's no jinx like the Lions. They are they are their yeah, own cursed franchise. It's not even a, it's not a curse. Mismanagement's not a curse, but boy, boy, I don't I don't like that they're the favorite for anything. It's it stinks, and I'm fully convinced Jordan Love's going to be following right in Favre and Rogers' footsteps and being the next like awesome quarterback in the NFL. Everybody's like, ah, it can't happen. I'm like, yeah, I watched it happen twice. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no team gets that lucky. Uh, that's just, don't they, they've had a, they've had a number one quarterback now for 25 years and not had to worry about it. Like it's crazy. Yeah. And again, um, I mean, Indy had that and then they ruined the second one. So, <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> it, Indy's not the Packers either like that. Yeah. That's the, that's the other part of that, man. Like yeah, Packers yeah. don't have Jim Irsay as their owner. 
They have everybody. <laughs> they have everybody. Right. Exactly. They got some. They got some guy named some guy named Bob from Racine out there saying he's yelling. <laughs> you know? But Joe, I'm with you on this one. I and I'm with Pat. I, I'm I'm a believer in the Lions this year. I think that it's more or less we've started to see promise from them, and it's mm-hmm. high time that they actually did something with it. There's only so much downtrodden that can happen. I know that you're conditioned, but uh, <laughs> I will believe for you. Okay. Yeah. Well, that that's <laughs> nice. I'm I'm glad others are because I'm waiting. I'm waiting for. Uh, it's like uh, if you've if you've ever watched the bear uh, on on Hulu, it's like I'm waiting for the other shoe. <laughs> I'm constantly waiting for the other shoe, and then the other shoe always drops, and it always hits me right in the face. That's the problem with the Detroit Lions. I, yeah, that's that makes sense. And uh, hey, you know, speaking of other shoe, I mean, what for a decade now the Sabers have been that for for this fan base. <laughs> so uh, we're hoping now that there's no other shoe. We've got them both on, tied and secured, and ready to go. That's the hope, man. That's that's the hope. At least I can say, you know, within the last twenty years, I've seen the Sabers win something. You know, like I've seen them win a playoff series. You know, it's been. I how old was I when the Lions won their their only playoff game since nineteen fifty seven? I was eleven, twelve. Yeah. So I'm 44. So yeah. <laughs> Why do you guys do this to yourselves? Give me a perspective on that one, man. You know, just to just to let you know. Yeah. I'm I'm thinking about like how you're saying that. How Howard's a Mets fan. Like Zach Zach Jones of our station. He's an Angels fan and ruining two of the greatest <laughs> baseball players of this uh, of this age. Yeah. And it's Hang like how, like why guys just move on. It's okay. I'm, like how do you turn into an angel? How old are you that you got to be that you turn into an angel's fan? It's got to be early twenties, right? I, I think maybe we have Tanner just like prank call Zach and we ask that question. I don't know, <laughs> but <laughs> okay. I mean, to but to be to be in the in the word in the words of one of our favorite shows of all time. To be fair, to be fair. <laughs> I am a Colorado Rockies fan. Yeah, how pain? Why? Ooh. That's all I know is pain. Oof. All right, we got to get these masochists out of here. Uh, <laughs> I, I, even, I don't even know what to say to that, man. You're not, you're not even close to being old enough to have seen like Larry Walker and Vinny Castillo and those guys. No, so, yeah. I know. I grew up with uh, Troy Tulowitzki and Matt Holiday. <laughs> and Todd so no cri- Crippling injuries. Man, and, yeah. Yeah. on the Western yeah. line. Man. <laughs> I, uh... And then Nolan Arenado, and it's like they <laughs> trade him for peanuts, and they're still going to be bad for ten years. Let's go. And I, Let's see, go. I, I can't say anything. I, I grew up <laughs> grew up around Albany and became a Lions fan, all because of Barry Sanders. At least you know, at least that was a solid was reason Barry to become Sanders, a fan yeah. of a team. But yeah, yeah I, Troy Tulowitzki and Barry Sanders. Not no offense to Troy Tulowitzki. He's uh, not Barry not Sanders. In the same no. universe of of <laughs> athlete class. So yeah, it's uh. Man, that's tough. I, I, you, you got me on that one, man. I, I don't know what I don't know what to say. Well, I know what to say uh, right now, and that is, uh, Joe, thank you for uh, dedicating your Saturday afternoon for us talking about um, why you guys like pain so much, amongst other things. <laughs> And uh, and being you able to, of course, you're not a Bills fan, though, Derek. You say that as if uh... <laughs> <Son> <laughs> of a... it's true. It's true. Oh my god! All right, I, this Joe, this Joe Yurden segment brought to you by Pain. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's very appropriate. Yes. <laughs> 
Oh boy. Um, so, but anyways, most importantly, as I was getting through that, uh, thanks for giving everyone a chance to have some laughs at everyone's expense. Nobody's safe here today. No, 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 no one is spared from pain, but we are, uh, but we are all in for fun. So that's, that's important. That is the most important part. And Joe, thank you. And of course it is damn well fun to be able to talk to you as always, my friend. Thanks so much, guys. Appreciate having me. Yeah, of See course. You, Joe. That's Joe Yurden, Noted Hockey, Maintenance Day podcast with Lance Lysowski, and, of course, a contributor with Bleacher Report joining us on the West Her Hotline. I don't mind that I ran late to this break because, I mean, Joe just went in on everyone. Tanner, you got any odd fandoms? I guess you would consider my uh, my basketball teams, my NBA teams. I mean, it's the only league where I have a f- – a favorite team in each conference. So Eastern Conference, it's Atlanta Hawks, and Western Conference, Ooh. Oklahoma City Thunder. Oh, oh man. Well, I mean, I mean Dave at least been successful, re- you know. At one point, like the Thunder, the Thunder, you know, at one point had their own big three. So yeah, but they also didn't win. They with didn't that. win one. Yeah, and that that hurts. Uh, but I think the Thunder themselves, if you combine them with the Sonics history, though, oh, that's a that's a painful legacy uh, and a painful franchise. But um, I, I wouldn't call it uh, the Colorado Rockies or the Detroit Lions in just literal exercises and futility. But we got to get to the break. Um, speaking of exercises and futility, uh, Howard Simon's joining us at one, and I'm just channeling him so well right now. He'll be proud or he'll just make fun of me. I think it's the latter. I think it'll be both. Maybe. That's for us to find out at 1 o'clock. Sports Talk Saturday rolls on after the break. You're listening to WGR. WGR.